God, it seems like a thousand years ago, I fought my way out of that cave and became Iron Man. Adrift in space with no food or water, Tony Stark sends a message to Pepper Potts as his oxygen supplies start to dwindle. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping I could pull off one last one. Meanwhile, the remaining Avengers, Thor, Black Widow, Captain America, and Bruce Banner must figure out a way to bring back their vanquished allies for an epic showdown with destiny. I keep telling everyone they should move on. Some do, but not us. (laughs) The grave course of events set in motion by Thanos that wiped out half the universe and fractured the Avengers compels the remaining Avengers to take one final stand. All we can do is our best, and sometimes our best is to start over. Presenting Marvel Studios' grand conclusion to 22 films, Avengers, is this over yet? Or whatever, fuck you, you'll see it. Whatever it takes. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. How's how's it going? I'm still frozen in sitcom mode. I can't move. Yeah, we're back to back. Oh dear God, we're frozen back to back. Unlikely roommates frozen back to back. He's a cat person. I'm a dog person. <laughs> and violently allergic to cats. <laughs> That would be a good sitcom, like, procedural medical drama as well, because you'd oh, yeah. constantly be getting ill. Yeah. One's a captain of America. <laughs> the other one's a man made out of iron. <laughs> Can these two kooky kids learn to live together? Okay. And what happens when a winter soldier shows up? That'll be, that's like season three when yeah, people start, yeah. like, a little bit of adversity. Yeah, when the original writers are just gone mm-hmm. and they ran out of, like, the writers <laughs> ran out of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Hello, this is Suck My Fanfic, hosted by the internet's two, I don't know, uh, least favorite yes, podcast hosts. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know. After this, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the weekly Suck My Fanfic fanfiction review. So today, because, you know, we need those clicks, we need to ride on the backs of pop culture. Absolutely. Today we are releasing our Avengers special. Ah, yes. Bum, bum, ba bum. We're just trying to ride that momentum yes. wave. Yes, If they're going to make a couple billion, we, we could get you know, a couple listens out of that, I'll right? I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. I'll 100% do <laughs> Yes. So this is our ode to the MCU, sort of. Kind of, yeah. As disrespectfully as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we come from different places. You're you're not such... I really enjoy MCU films, but you, you're you a little more critical of them. A little bit, yeah. I understand they're not all perfect, but yeah. I, I still like, enjoy and, mo- and most I'm, of them. Like, everyone knows I like DC. I'm not sitting here saying that DCU is perfect. Mm-hmm. So, calm down with that before you start. Like, you're oh, just, you don't like MCU? The DCU is not so good. It's you're like, just saying, I understand. You're just saying Batman v Superman is the best movie ever made. I I believe it's one of the best movies ever made. Let us never discuss that because we'll never get off it. That's fine. Before we start, though, I know that we have a weekly insightful topic sometimes, almost sometimes, mm-hmm. about fanfic, about authors, about art about philosophy, about religion. 
you mm-hmm. know, we're just, we don't know what we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. 16 episodes in, we're still confused. Exactly. Yes. I mean, we're 16. We're, we're 16. Yeah, we're 16. We're super confused. I just got my driver's license. I'm saying, fuck you, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be my own person. Exactly. Yes. And then, uh, uh, here's, here's a secret. When we get to the mid-20s, we're not going to have any better idea. Nope. Not at all. Just going to be more scared. We're just going to be able to use substances to control it. Exactly. I can only sleep at night when I've had a little to drink. So I wanted to play this interview from Neil Gaiman okay. and Craig Ferguson. Okay. Yeah, Neil Gaiman, if you live under a rock, is the author of American Gods, Truth and Omens, co-author of that. The Sandman Universe from mm-hmm. DC's Vertigo. Mm-hmm. The Graveyard Book, Coraline, Mr. Anansi. There's a lot. Or Anansi Voice, that's what mm-hmm. it is, not Mr. Anansi. Mm-hmm. And he's great. He's awesome. His voice sounds like sweet British butter. And I would listen to him speak. I wish he could read me bedtime stories because mm-hmm. he is like the nicest voice in the world. And this clip is basically Craig Ferguson asking him about his stories, so, about the things he creates. Right. Sweet, uh, sweet British butter. Uh lathered over a Scottish piece of toast. When you're, when you're writing stuff, like, when, for example, you write a book, it's called American Gods, it's, uh, it becomes a classic and everyone loves it and you're very clever and, uh, you know, and all that. And, but what happens is that the book goes out there and people form their opinions on what things are in, the, in that world which you have created. Does that mean then that it no longer belongs to you? Do you feel it's off in the ether and it's no longer part of you? It's definitely no longer yours right um and but that's just something i got very very used to over the years it, it, when i was writing comics yes you'd, you'd look around and suddenly you'd, you'd get people dressed like characters i'd written in comics and then you'd meet people you don't need to be passive aggressive man i only did it a couple of times <laughs> no, you were beautiful no, well, thanks very much it, it this really is a sandman worked. thing i just thought it looked good on me that's all <laughs> okay so having listened to that what do you think ryan um the first thing that jumps out of me is because this is pretty. He's got a very strongly contrasting opinion to the George R. R. Martin piece that we listened to, episode ten, episode Western ten. Romania. And I think, I mean, he just like as soon as it's asked, do you think it belongs to you once you've released it? He just says, he just immediately, definitely not, like absolutely not. And what I think the big difference could be is his background with comics, and even he mentions it, like seeing people cosplay and dress up. Because that's like that's such an interactive fan base. Yeah, like he's used to that. Yeah, and to see it play out in literature when it happens, he's not surprised. Exactly. And the other crazy thing is that Neil Gaiman created the Sandman universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandman was a character, but not the same character. Yeah, it was just same character by name. Mm-hmm. And he created this amazing, beautiful universe. the The ten trade arc is ridiculously flawless. Mm-hmm. I recently finished it. I shed one single tear at the end of 10 because it was over and because it was so good. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is he spent all this time writing Sandman and he doesn't own the rights to it. Right. So if anything, he's almost expecting that because he doesn't own it anyways. Mm -hmm. And they've, under his supervision, actually brought Sandman back. They're they're re-releasing Sandman. They have a whole universe that they're exploring with a lot of new authors. So what was really neat is... When he started, late 80s, early 90s, he was this new up-and-coming British author. He was a part of the British invasion in comic books, which included Alan Moore and um, Grant Morrison Mm -hmm. and Neil Gaiman. Three amazing, unbelievable comic book writers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two of them are crazy wizards, and the other one's Neil Gaiman. 
But now he's bringing in all these new writers and all these new illustrators and all these new people to do this whole universe to add to what he created. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super cool. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. But it's weird. It's a weird contrast to George R. R. Martin, who probably has a more expansive universe that he's created. And the way that he looks at it is, this is mine. This is all mine. Yeah. Well, so I, it's interesting. I mean, well, it's like with Neil Gaiman, because he has that the background in comics, moreover, not only is it just like the interactive fan base, it's the very nature of it. Like, you're just, yeah. you're given a character. Exactly. They have a They have a history, a backlog, and you, you can do with what you want with it. And it wouldn't surprise me if he gives Kate Blanchett to his writers to do whatever, whatever they want. I think he does, for um, sure. And um, like American Gods, he's not he's he's creating a couple characters, but it's drawing on mythology. It's yeah. drawing on these stories and tales, and he's just presenting it in a new way. So I think he and it, as as a result, it's it's great and it's amazing. Everyone says so innovative and so yeah. great. So it, that doesn't surprise me that that's his opinion. It makes me feel good that that's his opinion. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And the the weird thing is that he and George R. R. Martin come from similar places with their background, like what they were exposed to early. Okay. So Neil Gaiman's a big H.P. Lovecraft fan. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard George R. R. Martin talk about how he likes Lovecraft, but he's never read anything like that, mm-hmm. obviously. He's really into history. He's really into Lord of the Rings. Big mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings fan, George mm-hmm. R. R. Martin is. So is Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. So is so it's, it's interesting. Well, I, authors of a certain age who are in similar uh, genres probably have similar yeah. you know yeah. motivations and, and inspirations. Yeah, and if you don't know, George R. R. Martin is also a science fiction writer. Right, I I don't know any of the stuff that he's written. No, he, he's written a lot of short stories, okay. and he's edited anthologies and some other things like that. It's just interesting because he's Neil Gaiman, edited anthologies, so he's he's worked on other people's oh, work. What? Wait, he's what? Worked, what? Huh, George? Wait, what? How does that feel, George? Huh? Just quick aside, Neil Gaiman. I thought it was interesting. He, I, I've been listening to a lot of author interviews recently, mm-hmm. especially Neil Gaiman, because like I said, his voice is just honey to my ears. He is. I don't know. He's a very nice speaking voice. And you could, I, I, I did as well, but it was an interview with Snooki because she's an, she's an author, so that counts. I've also been listening to author okay, interviews. That's fine mm-hmm. if you want to listen to Snooki. Snooki watch mush mush. Mm-hmm. But Neil Gaiman was talking about how he has edited anthologies in the past, and he said that when he writes a book, he actually writes a book. He, he uses pen and paper to write the first draft of a novel, and then he said his second draft and his first edits are when he transfers it to a computer. And he said what was interesting with the computers is that, you know, 20, 30 years ago when he was editing anthologies, the stories would come in and they'd be about 3,000 words average, which Ryan and I can definitely attest to. That's that's nothing. That's nothing. And nothing. That's, that's sort of an average quick yes. fanfic. When we read one in full for the show, it's normally around five or 6,000. Mm-hmm. So three is a lot shorter. Than, not a lot, but three is definitely shorter than that. Yeah, absolutely. Read it on the train going to work. Boom, exactly. crank it out. And he said that when he started editing anthologies later, like mm-hmm. a little bit closer to today, the stories would come in and they'd be anywhere between six and 9,000 words, but there weren't any more story there. And he said because the biggest issue is that when you're writing on a computer, because computers are obviously more prevalent yeah. people are writing on computers, uh-huh. you're looking at it as work. Mm-hmm. And the end game of the work is the word count. No, not Avengers Endgame. The end game of the work is the word count and not the quality of the piece. Mm-hmm. And so in the past, when you write it in a book, 
you have to be very precise with what you're writing because you don't want to write that much. You yeah. don't want to scribble out. No, like you. Yeah, your your hand. You have to think more about, especially if you're writing something as indelible as ink. Like, you, I mean, I have that too. If you're like yeah. working on an art piece, or yeah. if you're writing a letter to yep. someone, you have to really you have to be very much in the moment. And it's it's to me, it's like mentally exhausting because I'm so used to just cranking out a text. Exactly, and you're you're not just exactly. And I that's so different, and I it's it's easy to get lost in today's world where mm-hmm. you can just type a thousand words and yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to mean anything. And I just, I, for people who are listening and people who like to write, mm-hmm. people who like to write fanfic, I think that's just something to think about. Right. Something to consider. Cause I, I like to look at, um, like president's correspondence or something like that with mm-hmm. their wives or like the letters that Washington wrote to Martha, right? Martha yeah. Washington. Yeah. When, uh, he was commanding the union army and they're beautiful. John and Abigail, those yeah. are, that's a good series yeah. of letters as well. They're, they're beautiful. And you, you look at that and you just think, like, I don't have the capacity to write something that amazing it's dense. in a letter. It's very dense. It is. But it's just, it's just like, people don't talk like that anymore. And it's mm-hmm. because you just sit there and you to think about it. You're sitting there by a fire with a quill pen writing on, like, a piece of parchment or a piece of vellum. And right. you're just, like, just cranking out a letter. But you have to be really mindful. Mm-hmm. And now you can send 160 characters in an instant... Yo, let me eat that ass, bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's totally different. It's totally different. Yeah, you would have to find more flowery language for yes. that. But you would say everyone's yeah. essentially saying the same thing. Let it's not like me yeah. eatest thou with artith acid. Yeah, um, there's Be actually behind. there is a Mozart piece called like "Lick My Ass" or something. It's nice. It's it actually exists, but it's you know it's a beautiful musical piece because he had to write it in a flowery way. I think yeah, that's that's actually a funny point. How like yeah. the language like you have more you have bigger quantity of it. But it's just meaning less. Yeah. Because back then, I mean, ingenuity is always bred from just laziness. It's like, oh my god, my hand's gonna cramp up. Exactly. I can't sit here for hours yeah, and hours and write this. this. Let me just condense it down. Yeah. Why it's so dense and why it's hard for us to read it? Because you're reading it and you're like, gosh, like I need to take a, a nap after yeah. that sentence. Exactly. And that, especially for someone like me who can word vomit, you know, a thousand words a minute and just talk about literally nothing, mm-hmm. which is great for podcasting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fantastic for podcasting. Maybe podcasting is a symptom of this, like, this disease where we kind of just yeah. have less meaning to words. I mean, maybe. All of our all of our podcasts from now on, five minutes or less. Well, they're meaningless to begin with. Five minutes or well, less. I, yeah, that's pretty good. The yes. densest sound wall of Alex <laughs> and I just coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> like a jar, like a cacophony jumbled of just, like, chaos yeah. nightmare noises. That sounds like an NYU senior, like, art thesis. major's thesis. <laughs> like, I, uh... <laughs> this was filmed in Washington Square Park. At Home Depot, I saw this lady buying a hammer and a, uh, a flower pot. Mm-hmm. And she was checking out, and she was talking to the lady checking out. And they're like, oh, that's a weird combination. And I just, <laughs> I interject, and I go... Yeah, just sound interesting and say that's like an art piece. And mm-hmm. she goes, "Oh, it actually is." I'm like, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you!" <laughs> like, hey, you haven't seen it yet. It could be good. Could be good. It could be very good. It could be good. Mm-hmm. So sorry to interject. Sorry to put in that little bit of Neil Gaiman, but I thought it was interesting. I mm-hmm. thought it was a little nice nugget to chew on, mm-hmm. and that's our little bit of uh, philosophical fluff, so we can feel like we're actually doing something. Absolutely. And then me saying that is my way to seem self-aware, so I don't actually have to feel sincere about what I'm saying. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, we should get Karamo on the sort show. Sort of like a uh, a Marvel movie mm-hmm. where they can they can just take any serious moment and diffuse it and diffuse it with a joke. Also, awesome. bro, even though I love that movie. Yep. And then they don't have to take themselves seriously. And if the movie doesn't do well, well, it's okay because it wasn't serious. We weren't really trying. 
Exactly. I don't know if that's like. Oh, you thought that was good. I wasn't even trying. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a safeguard for. Oh, if this movie flops, we can just point to we we didn't really have any no. sincerity. There. It's like kind of like they're afraid they won't attract the mass audience if they really delve into like the nerdiness and the sincerity yeah. and the of cheesiness it. of a superhero. Exactly. So that that's them trying to capture a larger audience and if, kind if of like you, that hashtag awkward uh, sense of humor that exactly. everyone wants. They're like, I'm so relatable and mm-hmm. random. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know you haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, Ryan. As of recording this, and yep. I'm not going to spoil the ending for you. And I won't because I am strictly against shapeshifters. Okay. Yep. Ryan's taking a hard stand against hard stance. Captain Sorry. Marvel. It's just shape shifting political propaganda. Scroll <laughs> Cree propaganda. It's complete. I, I won't stand for it. Anyway, I, I'm glad you stand for something though. Mm-hmm. Very. I like that. I like the political activism, even if it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. One thing that happens in the movie is is this. Spoiler alert, sorry for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. There's this big build-up towards the end, and she's about to fight off the person that used to be her mentor, but now he's this evil guy who's pursuing all these people. This big, big, powerful, heroic moment. And, you know, they're in the desert, and he looks at her, and he's like, you know, fight me. Prove it. Prove Mm. to yourself that you have changed, that you're better. Prove to yourself that you are a better person at the end of the movie than you were at the beginning of the this movie. This is the exact same speech that my my gym teacher gave to me in high school on senior the last day of senior year. Fight me, fight. Did you fight him? No. Well, you little bit. Yeah. Anyways, so he does all this stuff, and I'm not gonna lie. I was sitting there thinking this is unearned when she beats him, but I'll take it mm-hmm. because he was saying like. No photon blasters, no guns, hand to hand, like we did in the like basically first scene of the mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it felt unearned. She didn't train at all during mm-hmm. the movie, but I was like, you know what? When she fights him and beats him, I'll be okay with mm-hmm. it because it shows a little growth. It shows that the movie actually took itself seriously a little bit. And then she just goes pew and shoots him into a rock. And she's like, I don't have to prove anything to you. I think, but that's what I'm saying is I think that's the growth that it shows. It doesn't show growth in combat prowess. It shows the growth in I don't need your whatever this. No, like, because the whole you're the, setting no, no, up in the very very first scene when they're doing their combat, mm-hmm. she goes to hit him with that, and mm-hmm. he goes, "You need to stop focusing on emotion. You need to stop relying on that power." Oh, then screw it. She gives into it. That's what I'm saying. She goes, Pew. and that's what makes her super powerful. Oh my god! But you see what I'm saying? Like there was no growth there. It's just. Oh, you remember you were trying to train me earlier and you mm-hmm. said not to fuck. Oh, I don't know. I didn't like it. So. Hey, maybe he's not the best trainer. You don't have to listen to everyone, Alex. You can go your own way. You can go your own way. I would way. argue he's not the best. Mm-hmm. It is Jude Law, though, right? It is. He's the best. He is. Really he's, the, he's the best. Yeah, he's, he's the greatest. Yeah. So, this- so I just I just mentioned that because I one of my w- w- earlier we said I'm not a big fan of the yeah, yeah one of one of my biggest pet peeves pet peeves is that they don't seem to take themselves seriously. I actually think Black Panther did a great job at taking itself seriously. I think Endgame takes itself or rather uh, Infinity, Infinity War, War takes For itself sure. seriously. The Russo brothers are a different mix. Winter Soldier. I, I think Winter Soldier is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. De- definitely comic book here, like comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm saying that no packaging behind it. Like mm-hmm. I, I genuinely mean that. I love Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I love some of the MCU movies for sure. Right. I, if there's 22 of them, I better love one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So we're we're doing this week um, in a way because you know we you've heard all these stories about how like the, the the tickets are selling out real fast. Yeah. And like you can't you've already like can't go see it yeah, on there, opening there day. There's some that are selling for like two thousand, ten thousand online, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um it's actually a pretty good business. Y'all should have bought early. Uh, yeah. Fandango uh, pre order. <laughs> it's like Bitcoin. You should have invested early. 
Um, so this week we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna serve you up. I have two Avengers fan fictions. One of them is like a prediction of what'll happen at the end okay. of Endgame, and then another one is just is just like a funny kind of a funny one that I that I liked. Does Iron Man go down on Spider Man? No, there is no smuttiness in either. So how long did it take you to find an MCU fa- two MCU fanfics that had no smut? Twelve days. I legitimately believe that. Twelve days. Actually, when you told me you started looking was about twelve days ago. I had so many screenshots that I was going to send you, but I just, nah. So I sent you only, like, the choice one. So it's, uh, there's a lot there. I just want to point out to everyone listening, I know we joke around about how we don't do a lot of work for this show. The biggest work is finding fanfics that aren't complete and utter smut. Unless it's Spongebob and Bill Clinton, and then you have to include that one. Right, 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 right. I mean, but God, once, but it's 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 like the Infinity Stones. They're hard to find, but when you find them, they're powerful. They're gems. They're good. I they're mean, beautiful. Westeros Mania. I'm sure that took a long time to find. I liked. I enjoyed it. Okay, worth it. Worth yeah. the struggle. I do it all week, and I do it for you. We do it for you guys. We're here for you. Um. So yeah. So if you didn't get a ticket, you you can't afford one. You got work that day or whatever. This is your. Endgame. This is the ending, for real. This is your endgame. Don't listen to the movie. So, and if you... Potential spoilers, because this could be right. So, this could <laughs> it be it. It could be. This could... This Iron Man could go down <laughs> on Spider-Man. And it may save it the universe. Be. You don't know. Uh, Ant-Man might turn into an ant and go up Thanos' butthole. We don't know. There's it, so many questions I need answered. So, if you want to be completely pure going in, don't listen to this, because this is exactly how it's going to go down. <laughs> Alright, this one is called Avengers The Infinity Epilogues. Tony Stark was dead. It has to be me, Steve. Ever since I flew that bomb into the portal, I've been waiting for this moment. Even if I've broken every good thing I've ever had to get here. Tony, don't do it. He's too strong now. Tell Pepper I love her, despite all evidence to the contrary. The surface of the blue area of the moon still glowed with the heat of his final full-power discharge. In the center of a new crater lay the crumpled remnants of the Iron Man suit, and over him, his armor dented and splintered and blackened by plasma burns, was the monster who put him there, Thanos. Steve looked around the battlefield. At the foot of Thanos' throne, hastily built from lunar rock, was Nebula. Thanos was wasting no time striking his wayward child with a gravitational field wreaking havoc on her cybernetic parts. Nice. Two more of his comrades lay further away. When the Mad Titan struck Natasha, Bruce must have feared the worse. He unleashed the Hulk and his anguish upon Thanos, only to find his rage not enough to stop the six Infinity Stones. Natasha hung on long enough to find him before the end. At least he had died as himself. To Steve's right was a pile of broken glass once known as Thor, the God of Thunder. Resting in the middle was a small marble sculpture of a raccoon. Steve hadn't known Rocket for long, but he knew enough about the small creature and everything he lost to feel especially sorry for him. Over his head, no long tethered to the moon's gravity, the powerless form of War Machine floated away, Rhodey still inside. Beneath his feet somewhere was the stone hands Thanos created that had dragged Hawkeye into the depths of the moon. He had long lost sight of Scott, but he suspected that Thanos hadn't. Even the mighty Captain Marvel, who in combining her efforts with Thor, had nearly split the moon in half during their battle with Thanos, quite literally went up in smoke. Then there was him, Steve Rogers, Captain America, the first Avenger, the last Avenger. Oh, that's a good line. So, this is, they don't tell you necessarily how they get here, but here we are at the climactic battle, and they failed. Again. And Iron Man has unleashed his full blast on Thanos, has staggered him, yeah. but it's completely crippled. 
Tony Stark. He's done. Everyone else is gone. And the last person remaining is... Captain America. Captain America. Have you ever seen, I think it's the Avengers Assemble cartoon when they fight Thanos? I have not seen that. No. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Somewhat similar to this, mm-hmm. where they all just like start get, getting off. Get wrecked. It's really good, though. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Who's your favorite Avenger? Hmm. I really like Captain America in all his movies. Um, but I, like, when the first Hulk movie came out, mm-hmm. like with uh, Eric, Eric Banyan or whatever oh. his name is, I'm talking about that first one, I, re- I really like, I was in, I was in on the Hulk. I That's like that Amy. idea. Mm-hmm. That. I know, and it, it really doesn't hold up because it is a super angly film. Yeah, but um, it is also really comic booky, kind of how he does yeah. the transitions of yeah. things. And I don't think it's that great, but I, I really like that. Um, so the Hulk. Yeah, I would probably say he also has the best roller coaster at Islands of Adventure, like for ha- now. hands down. Until they lose the ability to. Do that <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, for now. Then it'll just be the green the ride green monster. <laughs> My favorite is Captain America. I, I suck. No, Captain America's Captain America's dope. He's great. That's why hearing this, and he's the last last Avenger. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Do you understand now, Captain Rogers? I understand that this was never about saving anyone. Cap looked hard at Thanos. It's about the killing. The only thing you've ever cared about was death. I am giving you the opportunity to leave with your life. Thanos gestured around him. Your friends did not take it, and you know I won't either. But you still can. Your world can still use you. Why throw away your life so needlessly? Because as long as one man can stand against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory. Noble sentiment. Thanos hefted his gloved hand up to display the pulsing gems. But you will die for it. You can't stand against me. Steve raised his shield. I can do this all day. Nice. Foolish words. He broke into a sprint. His fist impacted the shield, causing dust to fly across the lunar surface. But words worth dying for. Captain America rolled back and hurled the shield. Thanos caught it, and the vibranium crumpled in his fist. No. I disagree. Your death is part of my destiny. You may feel as though your sacrifices have meaning, but they're all fuel for a great machine. My machine. Steve Rogers was pulled towards Thanos by an unseen force. Grabbing him by the head, Thanos slammed the first Avenger into the ground, and Captain America was no more. What? Dead. Nebula felt the vibration stop and knew it was over. With a small, unsatisfied smile, her father returned to the throne. Now they were alone. Just her, him, and the angel. He had been standing there since the battle began, a pale green glow emanating from his third eye. He wore flowing robes and a long cape. Nebula thought he looked familiar. He supposed she must have been then. He supposed she must have seen him every time Thanos beat her to within an inch of her life. Now he was here again waiting for her to die, or to fight her way out, as she did so many times before, as if that were possible. Is it Adam Warlock? It is Doctor Strange. This is him peering in on what is supposed to happen. Okay. And uh, in the time he did that, he also looked back on all of Nebula's history. She is now remembering this person who was peering in on her at all points of her life. Oh, green third eye. Okay. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanos is now kind of resting on his throne. He's like, I, I've, I've done it. I've nailed it. And then he starts, uh, he starts, something bothers him. He has this thought. Go ahead. I just want to interject. I did actually like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is a good movie. I actually like that movie. Very good movie. Sorry, friends who dislike Doctor Strange, but I actually did like that movie. Just saying. Nebula felt the deepest feeling of dread yet, as though the very life inside her was being ground by a great moving object. Slowly and then swiftly, the stars began to rip across the sky, converging in a point far away. On his throne, Thanos looked upon the display with intense concentration. At last, his body went limp and his eyes glazed over. Before Nebula, the stars and galaxies spun into shape. The shape of him. 
Thanos, the omnipotent. Thanos, the everywhere. Thanos, Ooh. the god. So he... He's there's like this like voice in his head that's telling him he'll never be a god because you are bound by this mortal coil. So he uses the infinity stones to project himself from the body into the cosmos. That's ripped out of the comics. That's good. No, like at, when you're done reading, I will give one of the reasons why I didn't like Infinity mm-hmm, War that mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it has to do with the comics. Exactly. So, but that's that's actually ripped from the comics. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Through a single painfully grimaced eye, she looked at the angel. He looked at her, then angled his head towards the throne. His eyes had a manic fire in them. She followed his gaze to the gauntlet sitting on Thanos' unconscious arm. Thanos always hated the gods. If they held so much unfathomable power, why couldn't they do what he did? Why couldn't they keep the universe in check? Now he was better than any god, or celestial, or anyone. Now he could feel the entire universe writhe within him. Across the length and breadth of all creation, he was the one constant. He was eternity. Sort of like the rock. Just like the rock. <laughs> well, he's like, a, he's like, this is as close as to being the rock yeah. as you can get. He could feel his hated daughter, still receiving her punishment for failing him time and time again, crawling across the ground, leaping at it. No. With the force of a shattering multiverse, Thanos screamed and roared down to his physical form. Eternity, however, would not turn out to be enough time. With a surge of strength she could never understand, Nebula ripped the Infinity Gauntlet from its master's hand. Instinct commanding deed, she thrust her hand into the metal glove and found herself in an orange-tinted dreamscape. As far as her vision reached, the ground was covered in an inch of absolutely motionless water. And before her was a sight that made her fall down into great heaving sobs. You did it, sister. Gamora smiled. Yeah, soul stone. She's in the soul stone. You have the infinity stones, Gamora said. All that is left is to make it so. And here we go into chapter two. End of chapter one? I think that's really good. I'm down for it so far. I know. Besides Captain America dying. It's epic. Well, you're going to love the beginning of chapter two, because Steve sat upwards with a gasp. He nice. grabbed his head, surprised to feel the weight of his shield on his arm. Last thing he remembered, Steve, why are we on the moon? Bucky? Somehow it was. His oldest friend, who he had watched turn to dust before his eyes, now stood over him, looking very confused. One super soldier gave the other a tight embrace. Sam is there, which doesn't make sense because they should have been on Wakanda, but they're all they're all here on Titan. It's all good. Well, she can just teleport them there. Who cares? That's fine. Wanda and Vision, um, the Hulk and Black Widow, Hawkeye, Black Panther, all the Avengers, Thanos had a race, were now gathered on the moon. But how? Ant-Man is now brushing himself off. He sees the Wasp. They reunite. Tony Stark... Tony Stark was working out the physics of how his body could still be enough, still have enough integrated brain cells left to work out the physics, and then he heard the voice. Mr. Stark? His whole body went numb. Spider-Man? Peter. They hug it out, and then uh, Dr. Sh- Strange comes <laughs> over and says, nicely done, Mr. Stark. And then um, he says, option number 14,605, still cut it awful close, Doc. You're right, Strange said. Still, my hunch was well-founded. He flashed the, quote, angel a wink, and then following with a stern glance, indicating that he had better return promptly to the past. So he sees himself, Mm -hmm. and then he's like, get out of here, you scamp. You did a great job. And he gets out of there. Um, Remember this one. This (laughs) one you need to remember, please. You want some crazy shit now, man. You honest. Good job. I know you're tripping balls to the fourth dimension, (laughs) but remember this one, Steven. It's worth it. Um... So then, like, the the Guardians meet Captain Marvel. Um, Star-Lord is running around. He's still looking for Gamora, still looking for Gamora. Can't find her. Thanos returned to his physical form at the start. A great orb of light now hovered where Nebula once stood. He tries to, like, 
punch at it. He's trying to get. The, he's just trying to get the gauntlet back, but he's being repelled by this massive force. Um, Nebula and Gamora appear from the orb. Few would recognize the blue alien woman who floated before them as Nebula, for this was not the twisted cyborg Thanos had made. This was Nebula as she should have been, as she could have been, and now as she was. Dark blue hair coursed around her head, now uniformly the light blue of her natural skin. Her eyes were brighter and blazed with purpose rather than rage. She wore the Infinity Gauntlet, though only five stones set in its back. Clasped in her gloved hand was Gamora's, the other's sister glowing with orange light the soul stone levitating on a pennant attached to her neck. So now she has the soul stone. Thanos, like, grovels. Gamora and Nebula pretty much team up and tell him, you know, you did a bad thing. Naughty, naughty. Sorry, Dad. They rub his nose in it. Um, And then everyone just wrecks him. They all just, like, start blasting (laughs) him. They afforded him only the mercy he had ever mustered in his own life. He was beaten and blasted, electrocuted and mangled, pierced and gouged. Hawkeye impelled him with arrows. Iron Man burned him with heavy plasma. His daughter sent the power of the cosmos coursing through his every cell. And finally, Thor prepared to cleave him in half. So he's about to bring down, he's about to bring down the hammer, as he does. But, um, they let, uh, Gamora and, uh, Nebula have the final strike because they're, they're, they're related to him. So they, they have the, they have the right, I guess. Um, so now he's gone. They've totally, they've taken him out. But Nebula says, there's a problem. The decimation, which is the snap, yeah. heavily damaged the gauntlet. And Rocket says, that doesn't sound like a problem at all. And he sounds like Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh. Where's your dad, The freaking thing is a weapon of mass destruction. It needs to be destroyed. I think what she means, Dr. Strange put his hands on the raccoon's shoulder, is that the gauntlet was built to restrain the power of the Infinity Stone, but now those restraints are non-functional. Using it to undo the decimation will leave its wielder open to the raw energy of the stones. Certain death, Drax rumbled, and for a time everyone was silent. You have the Mind Stone, yes, Wanda said. Why not force Thanos to put it back on? Do it. Two birds, one stone. And then Gamora says, using the stones is a matter of a tent. Intent. You cannot wield the will the universe to act in a way unless it is your will. Starlet throws up his hands. Well, if the stones have a will of their own, can't they undo it themselves? And they said, no, they're just inanimate objects. Don't be crazy. Don't be silly. Tony clears his throat. Well, we've put this off long enough. I'll take it. I'll do it. Steve looked at the glove by his feet. Cap, he picked it up. Steve, come on, stop playing around. Give me the damn gauntlet. Steve chuckled. You know, when we first met, I, I never thought you would risk your life for others. Now you're jumping at the chance to die for us. I guess you're a bad influence. Now give me the gloves so we can end this, Tony said. Tony, it's okay. And then he says, no, it's not. I can't be the one who keeps surviving. So Tony's PTSD is rearing its ugly yeah, head. Yeah. Steve crossed the lunar plane to Tony. You have a life, Tony. You have you keep getting chances to live it. Don't waste them like Thanos did. And he says, what about your life? Steve says, my life is in the past. And I'm happy to have had it one more time. These last eight years with all of you have been the best of my life, but the loop needs to close. It needs to be me. He lowered his voice. You knew it would be me. Nebula says, I don't know you very well, but right now I can feel the minds of everyone in this room. The feelings you inspire, it's overwhelming. It's what will ensure we succeed. And then everyone comes up to him one at a time, and they're just like kind of saying goodbye. Yeah. They're very emotional. This, the Guardians of the Galaxy, good call. They kind of stand off this side. Like, we don't really know this dude, so yeah. let's uh, we'll let them have their, their own thing. Carol Danvers hovers over to Steve. He nods at her. Captain? She frowns. Captain? I'll need you to keep these guys in line. Think you can do that, Air Force? And she says, hey, I resent that remark. Rhodey interjects. He comes over. I kind of like that. I like that that little interlude right there. Mm-hmm. I, Captain, Captain, I don't know. That was good. Mm-hmm. And then Peter calls out, Captain America? He says, hey, Queens, right? He's like, you remembered. 
I've been following you since Germany, kid. Keep doing good. All the good you can. Even when they tell you you can't or you shouldn't. You've got a good heart. And then Spider-Man puts on his, his mask because he starts crying because he doesn't want to seem like a, a baby. That's really good, too. You know? She's, this Black Widow says, you don't have to do this. She's shaking like a leaf. She says, any one of us would do it instead. And then Steve says, and I would never be able to live it down. Apologize to Sharon when you see her. Tell her it's my fault. And Bruce, Cap, Banner couldn't quite believe what was happening. Remember what I told you. You deserve to be happy, too. And Thor gives him a hug, and he says, I swear by the Odin Force, I'll see you again, Cop, uh, Steve Rogers. He says, I'd like that, Thor. I can't speak for everyone on Earth, but I'd be glad to give your people a home there. So he's kind of doing his goodbyes and everything. And last, Sam and Bucky came to say goodbye. And then uh, Steve chokes up, says, we always seem to miss each other, Buck. And he says, I don't know. I don't even know where I'd be right now without you, Steve. You stuck your neck out for me more than I ever deserved. Stick with this guy, Steve gestures to Sam. He taught me everything I know about loyalty. It's nice. And then Gamora says, Captain Rogers, we should do this now before it gets even harder. She placed her hand back on the gauntlet and the other stones glowed in response. Tony was hanging in the back of the assembly the whole time, but now worked his way towards the join the other four founding Avengers. Aren't you going to give us one more impromptu speech? Steve laughed. I really don't have anything to say. Tony placed his hand on the gauntlet. How about I say thank you? Tears welled up in Captain America's eyes. That's a short speech, Tony. Tony blinked back a tear of his own. Yeah, would it kill you to take a hint? We aren't paid by the word here. He backed away, and the galaxy's mightiest heroes watched as Steve Rogers stood. He held the glove aloft and closed his eyes. Then a white light enveloped the moon. The force shook the onlookers as they flinched from the glare. Natasha adamantly stared straight ahead, only averting her eyes when Bruce pulled her close. The light grew and spread to every corner of the universe. Steve opened his eyes. Everything around him was bathed in a warm glow, and as the myths parted, a woman came into focus, tears rolling down his face. Steve, she cried. I know. He walked over to take Peggy Carter's hand in his own. Oh. I'm late. So that's it. Steve, uh, see, then they go through like, kind of like all the fallout of that. They return to Earth. Yeah. Um, there's a big celebration. Then everyone's alive again. They all remember what happened. Yeah. People remember like, like blinking out of existence and coming back. Well, when you, the theory is that they're all in the soul stone. That's, that's yes. like another plane of existence mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. So. And that's kind of what, what, yeah, what yeah. was happening here. So they have uh, like like the president is giving speeches, and then they have like newscasts. So the newscast in the wake of the most devastating attack on Earth in recording history, the world mourns the death of Captain America. Though a fugitive from justice for two years, leading to his death, reports allege that Steve Rogers and a band of rogue adventurers were instrumental in stopping what was confirmed to be a massive scale extraterrestrial attack. Um, they put together like a huge monument for him tony yeah. puts all this money and then um, um t'challa black panther does the same tony and pepper get married everyone is happy and then um the very last scene um there's some other like, nice little things that happen here the, the next scene the last scene rather is uh captain marvel stephen strange and black panther show up to ant-man and the wasp's house and um they form a, quote, legally gray organization that could risk being caught by the government to save the world. So they form kind of like the Illuminati. And that's okay. where it goes from there. That's like the next, this is how this person sees the next chapter of the Marvel Ooh, Universe going. War. And the final words are, the Avengers will return. And he wrote this, he or she wrote this because they wanted to set up their own fan fiction. They said, here's how I think Endgame's going to end. And I also want to set up some of my oh, own stories. Cool. So this is it going forward. That's really cool. I think that's just the that's coolest. Cool. That's yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah. So like this idea that like now they have like these like secret Avengers or the Illuminati or whatever the author mm-hmm. wants to do now exists. 
and uh, they have they have the legacy of the MCU that yeah. it's built on, and now they have their own direction to go in. That's really neat. So I hope this is how it ends. That'd hey, be cool. Hey, Russo brothers, you have three weeks. Rewrite. Yeah. Well, actually, rewrite. You have three weeks of the time of recording this. You have a week. Oof. When it comes out. We should probably send this right to him. Yeah, we'll send it right to him. Yeah, I know they're Asian. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll send it over. But yeah, it'll definitely get to them. No, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I'm uh, sad to see Steve die, but he has to. Yeah, he has to. Yeah. yeah, it perfectly mirrors in, in his first movie where he jumps on the grenade. Yeah, he jumps on the gra- grenade for the entire universe this time. Yeah, yeah. I honestly thought you were going to say the ending was you know the uh, Marvel Studios I'm in hiding starter pack where it's just the baseball cap, the <laughs> aviator sunglasses, like, the the jacket. Hoodie. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be Steve like walking up to the monument. And then, like, shaking his head and walking away. I swear He already did that. He did that exactly same thing in, uh, in, was it, uh, Avengers? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised, though. Just do it again. Yeah, just again. Hey, Tony! What? And, and, ends right there. Yeah, exactly. And scene. 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 I also thought you were going to say, I still wouldn't have been surprised if when, uh, Bucky and, Sam went to say goodbye. They all just started doing it because that's just that's just how fantasy works. Right? Yeah, if you had been like you had this amazing story up to this, and like, and then Sam and Bucky approached him, and they all fucked. <laughs> like I was yes. like, yeah, I saw it all coming. Right. All right, now yep, give me the prize. Give me the details. Oh, give okay. me the descriptions. No, I don't want the details. Mm-hmm. I don't want any details about that. <laughs> I liked it though. I actually really liked that. I thought it was good. And if that's how. Avengers Endgame even remotely happens, I'd be I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. I definitely think Captain America is actually going to die. Yes, I I, 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 I I assume Tony Stark will also die. I feel like Robert Downey Jr. doesn't mind being in those yeah. movies, but it would be a nice way to you, close you know, it. Chris, Hems- Chris Hemsworth wants to be in more, so sure. I don't think Thor's dying. Keep him. Steve or uh, Chris Evans mm-hmm. doesn't want to be in them anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see a Sam Wilson Captain America. I'd love to see a Bucky Captain America. I, in the comics, either of them become Captain. I don't really care. A Sam would be super cool, though. I think mm-hmm. I think it's only natural because he was such a big part of Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him put on the, or- the the red, white, and blue and just like go ham as Cap. Right. They're kind of angling towards yeah. Bucky, it seems or, like, though, but it would be cool. How cool would it be if there was a Captain America 4 where they both try to take the mantle and they fight about it? Or it's like a buddy comedy. Yeah. I'd be totally down with <laughs> yeah, that, honestly. Together. I think that'd be super cool. Yeah. I liked it, though. I, I really liked it. I thought the, the dialogue was pretty mm-hmm. spot on. I thought the tone was right. I'm glad they did it from the comics. Like, they had an homage to the comics. Mm-hmm. So, I know I, in the middle of the story I said I'd say this. First off, Infinity Gauntlet is what Infinity War is actually based off of. I'm going to throw that out. Because there's actually three Infinity, I guess, trades, you could call them, that tell a story. So, it's Infinity War, Infinity... Or, it's Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and then I believe Infinity Watch... The third one's not considered that great compared to the other two. But Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos' motivations are entirely different. By the way, Infinity Gauntlet was drawn by George Perez, who, who actually lives in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Uh, you can see him at the comic book store every now and then. He also drew Crisis on Infinite Earths and the New Teen Titans. He's a co-creator of Nightwing, Deathstroke, um, Starfire, Raven, and I think Cyborg. Super cool guy. Super important. And in Infinity Gauntlet... Thanos' motivation is that he wants to impress death. Now, I know the average moviegoer doesn't care about comic books, like, doesn't care about the comics, doesn't care about the origins of the story, and he doesn't, like, you know, the average moviegoer would probably think that's stupid. It's a bit, it's a little much. It is. But the thing is, they were setting that up for a while in the comics, Mm -hmm. and it made sense. It wasn't that crazy. Plus, it's comic books, so anything really makes sense, as long as they do it the right way. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Now, the reason that I'm upset that they didn't use that origin, or they didn't use that motivation for Thanos in Infinity War, the movie, Mm -hmm. is that I felt like his motivation was so omnipotent, and I didn't like that. I don't like that I have a savior's burden to save the universe by killing half the people thing. Yeah, it's kind of blasé. If you have the power of a god, make more resources, make more planets make people be more sustainable. That's mm-hmm. the way that I felt about it. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't make Thanos evil. And that's sort of the thing, is that, especially, I mean, with the way that people are now with storytelling, it's all about morally gray mm-hmm. villains. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that that's the trend right now. And it's not so much as like, hey, evildoer, I need to stop you. I'm the good guy. Mm-hmm. Because we don't like that anymore. But Thanos murdered half the population, and you shouldn't sit there and be like, I don't know. That's kind of justified. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we, uh, we're we pretty unsustainable, aren't we? We kind of yeah. deserved it. Yeah. No, you shouldn't be like that. You should literally be like, wow, that guy's terrible. So if he killed half the people to impress death, mm-hmm. at least with that, the motivation kind of works with the result. But for me, it just didn't gel. I just, I sat there and the biggest plot hole to me was, why not just make more food? Why not just make programs or something to make people more sustainable? If you really, because mm-hmm. he, he kept making it like this burden, like, I'm mm-hmm. the one that has to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm the one brave enough to kill all these people. Yeah. It's like, no, you have the power of literally the creator. Mm-hmm. Do something else if you really care about people that much. That's my take on it. Sure. That's why I wasn't a big fan right. of it. And that's why when they did the homage to where he becomes mm-hmm. a god, mm-hmm. that's when they changed his motivation. Because it's like, oh, he didn't actually care about people. This whole He's time. on a power he trip. the power. Yeah. If they do that in the movie, I think it rectifies what happens in the first one. They could. I think um, I think that's all really valid. I also, uh, for me, what makes an interesting villain to me is someone is a villain that's right. Like a villain that's oh, yeah. correct in their assumptions, yeah. but just goes about it in a different way, okay. a wrong way. Yeah. So and you look at like Killmonger, like yeah. him and Black Panther, they're two sides of the different Every character point. is a hero in its own story. Every right. villain is a hero in its own story. Right. Yeah. So, and then, you know, you have this god complex of Thanos who wants to save the universe by... By, you know, calling half yeah. the population. And then you have the Avengers who want to save the world by protecting the population. Yeah. So they both want the same thing. They just go about it in different ways. I can see that. I just feel like I think Killmonger had an even better motivation. That's true. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Black Panther. I thought mm-hmm. it was good. I didn't mm-hmm. hate Black Panther. Um, I, you know, I thought it was one of the better Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And I thought Killmonger was one of the strongest villains. For sure. I think Michael B. Jordan did an amazing job. And I actually think Black Panther's biggest issue was the fact that it killed off both yeah. of Black Panther's biggest villains. Mm-hmm. Those are the big Black Panther villains. Yeah. Claw and Killmonger. Yeah. That's it. Like, he has others, but it's, I mean, they're just not the same. I, I mean, mm-hmm. It's like killing off uh, the Joker and, uh, I don't know, the Penguin. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, right. You don't kill off the two biggest villains. At least, at least with Captain America, which I thought that was super cool. I did like that in, in Infinity War mm-hmm. when Red Skull was the the keeper of the Soul Stone. Was it the Soul Stone? Red Skull was yeah. He was on, he was transported by the Tesseract, yes. the Space Stone, to uh, that power stone. that island. No, the Tesseract was the Space oh, Stone. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. yeah. You know who actually played Red Skull in Infinity Wars? Because it was not the same person. Who's that? Ross Marquand is the guy that plays Aaron in Walking Dead. Great actor. Huh. Oh, yeah, they didn't get uh, Hugo Weaving to no, come back no. yet. No, yeah. no, he hated the makeup and he refused to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that. So what's the second one? What was the first one called? The first one was called Avengers Infinity Epilogue. Who wrote it? <laughs> the author of this one on fanfiction.net is Matrix of Wumbo. 
<laughs> you wombo, I wombo, we wombo. You matrix of a wombo. Absolutely. Are you just going to live your life blind to the wombo? Or are you going to take the red pill and <laughs> enter the wombo? So that's for the Avengers epilogue. Yes. So what's the second one called? Yes, yes, yes. The second one is called Avengers Go! Exclamation point. Okay. Is this like a Teen Titans Go? No, I thought it was, but I, okay. I, I, I was even... I, I liked it just the same and when hey, I started reading it. Hey, haters. I actually enjoy Teen Titans Go. Because it's not Teen Titans, and I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Some things can have the same name, but be totally different. So, if you come to this show every week just to have a have a little laugh, I apologize. We're very serious about your superheroes and comic books. So this week we've been we've been getting down to business. If you guys knew how much money I've spent on comic books, you'd say I have a real problem and I should stop. So this is another story that somewhat deals with addiction, but oh. in a funny way. She never mentions the word addiction. You remember that? Yes, absolutely. It's a great song. She talks. She talks to, to angels. angels by the Black Crows. She talks to angles, Angel. which is the math. Uh, parody that I made for my geometry class in seventh grade. I hate you, and I can be your angle or your devil. <laughs> okay, so this one again called Avengers Go, um, and which is another thing in a lot of Avengers. A lot of Avengers fic is written about Hawkeye. I guess he's the more relatable character. Well, he's the only one that doesn't have powers. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Black Widow, same thing. But they write more about Clint because we live in a, a chauvinist society. <laughs> Um, so She's also Russians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, Russia. Yeah. We actually have a lot of Russian listeners for some reason. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Russia. Yeah, thank you, Russia. Take that, Russia. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see, we're bridging the gap between continents. This this yes. this podcast is going to unite the world behind us. Single-handedly, it was us. Mm-hmm. Well, we both have hands, so dual-handedly. Four hands uniting the world mm-hmm. in our own way. Just like Machoke from Pokemon. Clint paused to catch his breath as he ran down the corridor. He could hear his teammates ahead. He turned and fired an arrow at one of the agents coming at him, easily hitting his mark. He skidded to a halt in front of Natasha. What'd I miss? he asked, catching his breath. Took you long enough, Natasha replied. Okay, next time you get to disable the communications. Do you know how many corridors this place has? It's like a freaking maze, Clint grumbled. Steve walked up, this Captain America, to where the two were bickering. How's everything going? he asked. Clint disabled the communications room. I grabbed the files. Tony should be done hacking into the weapons system soon, Natasha informed him. Steve nodded. I was able to detain the majority of the agents. I think they're part of a local crime syndicate, the one that Daredevil told us about. You think they'd have something better to do than hang out at creepy-ass old Hydra bases, Clint stated. What, like playing Pokemon Go? Natasha replied, rolling her eyes. Shut up! It's a good game. Besides, you play it too. Yeah, but at least I'm not Team Instinct. Oh, because Team Mystic is so much better, Clint responded. Go Mystic. Can we, can we focus on the mission, Steve asked. Natasha says, Tony says we're finished. They've got the hack. They've got the information. They're about to leave. A minute later, Tony came flying by. He flipped Clint off, did a barrel roll, and continued flying past them. <laughs> so badass. Asshole, Clint muttered, checking his phone. You ready to go, Clint? Steve asked. Just about, Clint said, pushing a couple buttons. I just need to... Oh my god! Everyone jumped into position. Natasha unholstered her gun. Steve grabbed his shield and Bruce's eyes flashed green. What is it? More agents? Steve asked, ready to fight. This Hydra base is a Pokemon Go gym, Clint replied. What? Bruce asked in confusion, trying to slow his heart rate. Steve sighed loudly. Are you seriously playing Pokemon Go right now? (laughs) Yeah, old abandoned Hydra base, Clint replied. It's Team Mystic, see? I told you Team Mystic sucks. Can we go? Steve asked, on the verge of losing his patience. There was only so much he could take. Mr. Yeah, so. yeah. Just give me a second. I've about knocked these assholes out. Oh, come on, Natasha! Clint yelled. He saw <laughs> that XX Black Widow underscore XX had added her Eridos to the gym. 
So then they, they, they run out. All right, Hawkeye 69, 69, 420. You've got to beat her. He's actually Hawkeye rocks with two X's. <laughs> then they're escaping. They're flying the Quinjet, and they're, like, dodging, uh, you know, enemy planes and everything. And then they get away, and Iron Man says everything's clear. But then um, Clint does, like, a nosedive towards the ground. And then he says, what was that? Tony said there weren't any more agents. Did you see something, Steve asked in confusion? No, I just want to hit that pokey stop. Clint replied. Nice. A few seconds later, Tony caught Clint as he came flying out of the plane. So Captain America just picks him up and chucks him out the plane. So the story is about Hawkeye playing Pokemon Go on I all their it. missions. So they're riding home. They're chastising him for playing Pokemon Go. They're like, you really need to stop, dude. Like, we're, the, we're the Avengers. Yeah. He's like, you know what? No, I'm going to keep doing me. And he keeps, like, diverting the jet and everything, trying to get around. Um, there's actually a point where they're going towards a mission. He says, okay, okay, Clint, focus up. All right, go straight for a while. How long? Natasha asked. I don't know, like half a mile? She said, doesn't the GPS give the distance? He goes, uh, oh my God, are you using Pokemon Go to navigate us to Dr. (laughs) Doom's castle? He says, look, it technically uses GPS, so they they end up uh, dropping him off. Uh, He tries to take a left to go hit up a a Pokestop. Pokestop, Clint said sadly as they passed a Starbucks, and they just kick him out. They're like, you dude, you're not taking this around anymore. So, yeah, they're on their way to Dr. Doom. So he's got to walk the rest of the way. And he says, what the hell, guys? And then he shrugs. Oh, well, at least he'd get his steps in. Yeah, he had a 10-kilometer egg to hatch. Well, no, you got to hatch that egg. It's a positive guy. The team was flying in for a surprise attack on Dr. Doom's castle. Natasha was flying the plane since Clint had had his driving, flying, and navigating privileges revoked. Let me guess. It's a gym, Natasha said to Clint, who was on his phone in the passenger seat. Yeah, Castle Von Doom, Clint replied. Nice. I wonder if we should contact Niantic Inc. and let them know about all the supervillain gyms, Natasha pointed out. (laughs) She'd hate for some innocent Pokemon Go player to get embroiled in an evil scheme by stumbling upon the wrong gym. No way, I get so many coins on these missions, Clint replied. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha sighed, what team is Dr. Doom? Team Valor. Typical, Clint stated. (laughs) If there was anything he disliked more than Team Mystic, it was Team Valor. Yeah, for sure. No one likes Team Valor. Team, team instinct for the win, Clint stated after claiming the gym for the yellow team. They get their inter- their communications get interrupted, and Doctor Doom's face appears on the screen. He says, "Hello, Avengers," said an accented voice. The tour was torn off the plane, and the silver mask of Doctor Doom greeted them as he stepped into the cabin. They all get ready. They're trying to you know get ready mm-hmm. to fight him, and they say, "Doom, how did you know we were coming?" Tony asked. He was worried about an infiltrator. He trusted the team, but there could be someone at the compound that leaked their plans to Doctor Doom. Oh, it was easy. He took my gym. Clint said, pointing at Hawkeye. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, Steve groaned in frustration. Oh, your Avengers sucks 420, Clint said with realization. <laughs> he should have known. And then they asked him, uh, why are you Avengers 4 sucks 420? He says, Dr. Doom underscore is underscore a badass was already taken, Doom said with a shrug. More like Dr. Doom was a dumbass, Clint muttered. Got him. And he said, oh, shut up, Team Instinct, Dr. Doom says. And he says, excuse me? Team Instinct is the worst. Everyone knows that, Dr. Doom replied, rolling his eyes. You shut your whore mouth, Doom, <laughs> Clinton yelled. And he says, make me. And they get into this fight. <laughs> this fight. Um, and then they end up, end up subduing um, subduing Dr. Doom. And that's the story of how Pokemon Go saved, saved the universe. Because he was distracted with Pokemon Go. If only there were trainer battles. And then... They could sol- solve it like yeah, men. Solve it just like men. Sort it out. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I just want to say I think Pokemon Go united the world and ended every problem ever for about a week when it came out. <laughs> it did. We all kind of just like, yeah, let's play Pokemon Go. Like, let's play some Pokemon Go. At the University of Florida, there's a gigantic natural history museum, and they had a Pokemon Go night where they kept the museum open late. 
I've never felt more a part of something in my life. <laughs> I went and like they had the um, energy was vibrating it was, in the it room. It was ridiculous. They had two gyms, so people just kept battling. You could see just like hordes of people underneath the gyms. And then whenever this uh, is the early days of Pokemon oh, Go, yeah. right? When it was hot. Yes. When the when the hey, we're hitting Avengers and Pokemon Go, the two, the two hottest commodities right now. Right now, yeah. That and vampires. Mm-hmm. And if there was a rare Listen to Pokemon, our Let's Play on YouTube. Subtle plug. Yeah. If there was a rare Pokemon, you would just see, like, everyone run for wherever it was. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, this hiking trail behind it. And it was so cool because you'd go hiking and you could, like, be in the middle of a, a scrub, mm-hmm. scrubland. And you'll see, like, you know, whatever, a Metapod. And, like, you catch it and you have the AR, the augmented reality. It's, it was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool. It was it was nice. And I, I really liked how agile, like, the, the academic institution yeah. was. And, like, hey, fellow kids, you yeah. like Pokemon Go? What's up, fellow kids? Like, you guys, like, spend, like, yeah. nine hours at the library or come down to the Natural yeah. History Museum. And it was cool because they had all these Pokestops there. There was one that was, like, way out in the middle of nowhere. And mm-hmm. you, like, just trek out there to get it mm-hmm. you know you'd get nothing for it but mm-hmm. it was cool and you'd walk around like yo mystic and like oh fucking sick you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean like Absolutely. it was great it was it was a good time yeah uh, it's it's sad that it's not a, a big a deal anymore, i feel like right? even the people who are like abductors were like i'm playing pokemon go i'm not gonna snatch anybody today yeah we're just all walking yeah. everyone's out here walking it was probably safer because there was didn't you get the feeling that week that there was like so many people outside 100 like i didn't know that there were this many people in this area. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. The crazy thing is, last time I went to University of Florida, I was walking through the Plaza de Americas, which is like this big outdoor... It's like a quad. It's like a quad. Yeah, basically. It's near the library. And there was this big group of people all on their phones that walked past us. I was like, what the hell? Are they on a tour or what? They were playing Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. There's a Pokemon Go group. This was two months ago. It's, it was ridiculous. There's there people still do it. And I think it, I think it was like a half Pokemon Go, half like let's walk around and lose some weight group, which was nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Pokemon Go was a. Oh yeah, it was all about like that was the whole thing. Like freshman on campus, the yeah. RAs were like, "Hey, everybody on the floor, we're gonna get together, yeah. we're gonna play some Pokemon we're Go, and get, get to know your neighbors, yeah. sort out your sketch, see if you can sit together in class." That's to me. That's like the peak social media. Like, if you really want to like, that's socialize a real people, world social yeah, is, media yeah. because it makes you go to a physical yeah. location. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. At the same time, have I driven in Pokemon Go before? Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like the exact like in the story, like pulls over. The, yeah. I gotta hit this Pokestop. Let me just take a little yeah. detour. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've done that before. I was doing a um, I was doing a road trip actually when Pokemon Go was yeah. big. So we'd be like, hop out. Like we've been like Arizona. Like, like hop out, hit this Pokemon stop That's real so quick. Cool. Or like, oh, let's go to Vegas. That's where all like the rock Pokemon yeah. are, and just we just cranked it out. That's neat. Yeah, it was That's fun. Cool. It was not, I mean, yeah, I had a yeah. Pokemon Go guided road yeah. trip. We were going somewhere for a reason, yeah, of but course. we had our dalliances because yes. of Pokemon Go. That's great, though. I like that, I like that fic. My favorite part is when Tony does a barrel roll and yeah. gives the double <laughs> birds, the birds <laughs> to, and, to Hawkeye. Like, Hawkeye. they're all ragging on him. I thought, those, I thought those two great stories. Yeah. Honestly, I thought it was a good Avengers fix mm-hmm. that we found. Mm-hmm. One that's going to happen, which is the Pokemon Go one, and the other one, which is just for fun. Absolutely, yep. yeah. The, the silly one. The silly one, which was... And then the Pokemon Go one. Turning into a real god, what's mm-hmm. that? And then mm-hmm. the Pokemon Go one, which is actually going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. It's good stuff. As James Taylor once said, I've been through fire and I've been through rain, and I came out on the other side with two solid fix. I, you know, I'm actually pretty sure he did say that, mm-hmm. so that's good. It was the original draft. They, it was too wordy, yeah. so they cut it down. That's sad. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. James Taylor, friend of the show. He actually does our intro music. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Anything else you have today, Ryan? Um, the Avengers? 
Nothing. I mean, any I'm, other insightful Marvel knowledge or information or opinions? Or no, I mean, takes? I'm just a fan, and uh, it was it was just it was an, it was enjoy. I enjoyed reading these because I was a fan, and I, if I was probably this age, you know, yeah. I, I grew up in the age of Harry Potter and, yeah. and, and Pokemon and Avatar: The Last Airbender, so that that was my fan yeah. fiction. If I was this age, I you, be, you better believe I'd be making my own comic books. Oh, I yeah. mean, it, it's just I think it's a really cool thing. Oh, dude, it's so weird because I grew up with Justice League, Justice League Unlimited mm-hmm. on you know WB for kids. So that's why that's probably why I'm so into DC. Plus, I just think the characters better, whatever. And I was talking to my little cousins. One of them I think is six. The other one I think is three. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey guys, what's your favorite superhero? You know, just trying to like yeah. relate to them. And the the littler one, no, the one he must be four. Four or five, but he he looked at me and he goes, "Ant Man." I'm like, "Whoa, what?" And it was just cool, like you know, you know, I prefer he say the Adam, but it was just super <laughs> cool that the MCU is doing this, like mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not they're accurate to the books or whatever. Yeah, they're still bringing people into the medium and into the uh, the the world, which is mm-hmm. super cool. And it's cool to hear a kid say their favorite superhero is Ant Man. Yeah, you wouldn't have heard that ten years ago. No, so that's neat. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just all like I every time I think I kind of get that like historical perspective. I'm like we're gonna look like, when the MCU is done and when it's over, we're gonna look back on this and be like, wow, those movies were like everything. So a hundred years after we die, <laughs> when the final MCU movie yeah. limps out on virtual yes. reality television, yeah, yeah, straight to VR, straight yeah. to headset, straight to yeah, direct to VR video. They're gonna, instead of direct to DVD or yeah. straight to VHS, it'll yeah. be straight to eyeballs. Yeah, straight. You'll just be walking down the street like, yeah, oh, oh, here we go. Brain- Straight to brain streams. They're just putting the, the signal in your brain, and your eyes just turn off for a second. Yeah. Oop. Two hours. Yep, there you go. Oh, no. yep. Got that movie. Here we go. Captain Marvel movie. Reboot 3. Whoa. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. So before we finish, I just want to do a nice little what I'm stoked on today. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked on some things. Mm-hmm. If you, I've been stoked on things before and talked about them, so I'm going to be stoked on some other things today. Mm-hmm. The first one is I recently started reading Dune by Frank Herbert. Mm-hmm. Stoked on it. It's it's stellar. It's really good. It's supposedly the greatest selling science fiction novel of all time. Stellar. It's great, quite honestly. And it's supposed to be, you know, the biggest influence for Star Wars. Right. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's what you were, t- you were telling me. Yeah. That, yeah. And when you read it, you can definitely see the similarities. Mm-hmm. And they're actually making a Dune 2020 movie with Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, uh, Javier Bardem, a lot of big names. And the director, Alexander, Alexander Villanueva. Alexander Villanueva Cortez. Sure, yeah. The guy who did uh, Blade Runner 2049 and mm-hmm. Arrival. He's directing Dune, and he said it's probably going to be a two-parter. And he said this is going to be Star Wars for grown-ups, which is a pretty funny way of putting it. But he's basically saying it's what Star Wars should have been. It's, mm-hmm. what, it's, it's what Star Wars, like how George... Lucas advertised Star Wars. That's what mm-hmm. this is going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a great book. I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, not that that has anything to do with fanfic. I'm sure there's tons of Dune fanfic out there. His son writes fanfic for Dune, hmm. so whatever. But it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it so far. I'm almost done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I recommend everyone take a time to read it. It's long. It's a lengthy book. It's like 180,000 words, but it's good. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Right. So so this week, I, I have like been this past like week and a half, I've been carrying around this book in my backpack. It's yeah. the uh, the New Horizons book yes. the, about the, 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 uh, set of the uh, space flight trip to yeah. Pluto. Pluto. Um, yeah, same thing. I'm stoked on it. Just like yeah. space exploration. We went and saw the, um, the Apollo 11 yeah. documentary that's from Great. CNN Films. It just kind of kick-started that, yeah. that fascination. Just like the stories and the politics and everything and the, the ingenuity yeah. that goes into these 
these um, these trips and how important they are, but how it's it's really hard to express that. Oh, how yeah. to get billions of dollars into you know essentially a, like a, a camera to go all exactly. the way to Pluto and take pictures. And at least with the moon landings, you kind of had an immediate payoff. Mm-hmm. When did New Horizons take off? Was it two thousand? Yeah, it was early two thousand six. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. And we got the pictures in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. It, it made it to Pluto. On tw- early mm-hmm. 2015. Yeah, and just like the whole early discovery of it, and, and like Charon yeah. the moon, and like what the implications are of it being like a binary. Is it a planet? Is it not? That kind of stuff. That's that's I've, I've been kind of into that. This yeah. week. That's what I've been stoked on. That's awesome. You're stoked on that. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'm stoked on, ATM, is another podcast. They're a little bit newer. Mm-hmm. Five episodes in at the time of recording this. would probably be, be about six or seven by the time this gets released. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're called Booze and Spirits. I know you listened to them a little bit. What would you think? It's good. They probably have the coolest intro music I've ever seen. Yeah. What is with these true crime? Uh, this one's like, like a supernatural. This one's like a podcast. Dope like, monster mash yeah, kind of vibe so cool. to it. Yeah. God, damn it! I wish we had something that cool. <laughs> but we had to go with being artsy and thoughtful. Yeah. I wanted. I want some just sick, wicked dubstep. Maybe yeah. it'll be season two. Season two, bringing the beats. Yeah, bringing the beats and the fix. <laughs> season two, electric bugaloo, bringing the beats. Yes, but it is these two very, very nice women mm-hmm. who bring you supernatural, spooky, scary stories. It's very similar to what we do, where we kind of bring it and present it to the other one. Right. But they each have one each episode. Mm-hmm. And so. it's kind of like, um, it's not like, oh, like a, a ghost story. Yeah. It's these, like, you know, these places, you know, like yeah. your hometown, that place everyone was like, that place is totally haunted. Yeah. They go in and they tell the story, yeah. that kind of stuff. Or they're like, hey, you ever heard of a La Lorena, which is the mm-hmm. Mexican? La, La Llorona. Yeah, Llorona, I'm sorry. The, the crying woman, yeah. Yeah. So they, they explore stuff like that. It's going to be a fun. movie soon, too. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And booze and spirits. Do you get it? Because they drink during it, too. Mm-hmm. Get it? And it's nice. They're super cool, too. I've been completely abstinent of alcohol since our Rick and Morty episode. That's good. Mm-hmm. You probably need that, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And by abstinent of alcohol, I mean only a couple times yeah. a week. Yeah. Yeah. Just only light beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but more of it. Yeah. Well... Yeah, mm-hmm. make up the difference. Exactly. Yeah. What am I, get, trying on. to give up alcohol? No, no, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, but they're super cool, too. We've been talking back and forth on Twitter. They're really nice, super mm-hmm. cool people. So, yeah, if you're into that sort of stuff, uh, once you're done listening to every single one of our episodes and re-listening, mm-hmm. downloading every time you do it so we get those numbers. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, go take a listen to them. I think you, you'll you enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. So, stoked on that. Stoked on that one, stoked too. Stoked on that, mm-hmm. yes. The second thing I'm stoked on this week is the uh, podcast Drinkopedia. Which I've been listening to a lot. Yeah. Um, you listened to a couple of episodes. Have you listened to? Yeah, it? yeah. Um, it's it's nice. It's um, so it's it's three people. They sit down and they, they have a random topic that they, they pick out of a hat, um, and they um, they go and they just they they have some drinks and they, they talk about it. So it's like it's yeah. informative, but it's you also get that like a casual feeling. Casual feeling. Yeah. It's like a really they have a really good chemistry. The that group of friends. Mm-hmm. So like they have these like just organic jokes that grow out of it that I like I honestly really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the so what they put. They, they have a whole hat full of topics, mm-hmm. and you draw three, and you can omit one. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been jumping around. I haven't actually listened back to the first episode, because I, I just like look at... They have so many different mm-hmm. topics that I'm like, ooh, like, I want to read this one. I want to listen okay. to this one. Yeah, 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 check yeah. this one out. That was, that was my interpretation, because in the one where they actually shouted us out, thank you so much, friends. Mm-hmm. You guys are awesome. so So kind. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. kind. Thank you. 
Uh, unsolicited shout out too. We didn't even ask him. Un- uncalled for, I, mean, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that was quite uncalled for. Hey, Drake hey, Pino. yeah, you guys got to look so nice and yeah, cool. Yeah, make us look well, you, like. Yeah, you got to make us feel mm. like you know, like really great because yeah. you had to be nice about yeah. us. Thanks a lot for yeah. making me smile. Yeah, thanks a lot for genuinely making me happy. <sighs> really appreciate it, Drinkopedia. Some people, uh, but Audra. Mm-hmm. She drew Centaurs, Yakuza, and the Marvel Comics Crash, and then she omitted the Marvel Comics Crash. Mm. So I assume that's the. Oh, I hope they go back to that one. The Mar- I, I would love to. I'd, yeah, l- I'd love that's, to hear that's that. That's a cool topic. Mm-hmm. But Centaurs and Yakuza are, are all, <laughs> also, also, also really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll check that. So, I'll check that one out. Yeah, yeah. So that's your second. Stoke. That's what I'm stoked on. To I've been, I've been listening to. It. I when I'm running them out, then listening to it while, while mom runs. There you go. So besides that. For all of you suck my fanficers out of there that actually enjoy to hear us speak, which is like I think a grand total of four. So suck my fanfictioneers. Yeah, fanfictioneers. We have started doing a let's play series on YouTube mm-hmm. of the game Choices. It's a mobile game. Yeah, it's like we're making our own fanfiction. Yeah, we're yeah. making our own fanfiction with choices. We're currently set in the middle of a vampire drama, mm-hmm. and we have no idea who the vampire is. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's such ooh, a secret. It's going to be a big shock when we find out. I don't know. But the first episode at the time of recording this is on YouTube. The second mm-hmm. one might be out by the time it's released. We'll see however quick Ryan gets through it. <laughs> I wouldn't bank on it unless this comes out yeah. in three years. Then there you go. That's, that's when you should look forward to the second episode. Mm-hmm. Also, if you like us and you like what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or you know wherever you can leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Shout us a DM. Yeah, leave us a review on Twitter even, you know, add us at SuckMyFanFan. Yeah. Let people know what you think. If you hate us, yeah, let people know what you think. Not on not on iTunes because I don't want our star rating to that stuff, but on Twitter, go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and if, if you know anybody who likes a particular fandom, tell them about one of our episodes and uh, maybe, yeah. maybe they'll like it. If you're going to wait in line for Avengers Endgame, don't even bring headphones. Just bring a boombox and start playing this episode. That's sick. Let's Just do that. Just blast it. I like that. Raise the boombox high yeah. and Get let everyone, everyone know. Everyone's expectations for for this to happen and then let them be upset when this ex- this exact fic doesn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're spoiling it for them. You're giving them the opportunity yeah. to get out of line so exactly. you can get a better seat. And try to get a refund on the 10 grand they spent on the ticket. Absolutely. Yeah. If you leave us a review and you like us and you really like us, or if you don't leave us a review, you don't have to leave a review. We also have a Patreon page. Suck my fanfic. It's great. We are going to start uploading additional content to that. One of the cool things is if you sign up for... You know, a higher tier than the lowest tier, you can actually send us fanfics, and then that becomes a Patreon exclusive, and we will review them for you. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. That's pretty neat. You know, I'm still. I'm, if we get enough patrons, I'm still trying to do a live stage production of another fanfiction. Job if I can, to just do this full time. You know, reading fanfiction and talking about it. So we'll mm-hmm. see. But yeah, no, we would. Uh, we would sincerely appreciate it. We use it to help with like hosting costs and stuff. Like mm-hmm. that. So we'd appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, whatever you put in is going to go right back into the show and make exactly. it more enjoyable for you. Yeah. So please consider following us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and subscribe to us on YouTube, because that's where all our fun, juicy Let's Play content is going to be. And we stream on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Fireside. So if you can't find us, I, I like I can't help you. God bless you. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> and uh, please tune in next week where I will be reading a fan fiction. Do you mm-hmm. want to know what the fandom is, Ryan? Yeah, let's hear it. Scrubs. Scrubs. It's a Scrubs fanfic. <laughs> All right. I did my best to find a good one that isn't Doctor Cox or the janitor railing JD. So <laughs> let's tune in and see if I found one. Hint: It was difficult. Maybe. <laughs> Anything to consider? Final word, Ryan.
And remember, much like Stan Lee, you are the master and creator of your own universe. So you can do whatever you want. Just do something that makes you happy. Whatever it takes.